$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today, I'll be continuing coverage of the murder of Travis Howland in the Hickoria Apache Nation in Dulce, New Mexico. If you haven't listened to part one, then you might want to pause and go back just one episode and then meet us right back here. Just a quick recap. On February 14, 2018, Brian Cachua went to his neighbor's home at 66 Navajo Street in Dulce, New Mexico. He saw a back bedroom window was open. His neighbor, 25-year-old Alistair Quintana, was in jail on domestic violence charges and had been since February 8th. He was worried about the pipes freezing and bursting due to the cold temperatures. Once inside, he discovered the body of Travis Howland in a hallway closet and immediately notified authorities. An investigation was launched by the Dulce police and the FBI. Blood smears, splatters, and boatloads of evidence was found all over the home. An autopsy was performed, and the medical examiner ruled that Travis's death was a homicide by unspecified means. A specific cause couldn't be determined due to the multiple injuries and the level of decomposition. Investigators spoke to multiple witnesses who said they knew the resident of the home, Alistair Quintana, to be violent, and he had made statements, both on social media and to witnesses in person, that he and Andrew Bedellyun had tortured and killed someone, and he needed to clean his house because he had left a body in a closet in his home. Quintana was arrested and charged with the murder of his cousin, Travis Howland, on May 24, 2018. Investigators had interviewed Andrew Bedellyun multiple times, and he had always denied any involvement in Travis Howland's murder, all this according to court documents obtained by New Mexico Homicide. On July 12, 2018, police took one more bite at the apple and brought Bedellyun in again for questioning. Only this time, he not only admitted to playing a role in Travis's murder, he walked investigators through exactly what had happened that night. 
and what he revealed was more disturbing than anyone could have imagined. According to court documents, Bedelyun told investigators that one evening during the first week of February in 2018, he, Travis, and Quintana were all drinking with other family and friends at Quintana's home at 66 Navajo Street. Bedelyun claimed that he passed out at some point that night, awoke a short time later to Quintana arguing and punching Travis. The assault had began in the living room of the home. Quintana asked for his help, so he began to assault Travis by punching him approximately four times in the face. Apparently, assaulting Travis with their fists wasn't enough, so they retrieved a 14-inch black metal flashlight and a lighter from a back room. Betelyun claimed he witnessed Quintana beating Travis continually with the flashlight and that Quintana burned Travis with the lighter. And if all that wasn't horrific enough, what Quintana did next, according to Betelyun, was sick, sadistic, and pure evil. Quintana forced Travis into the bathroom to avoid getting blood all over his living room. Once the three made their way into the bathroom, Quintana demanded that Travis remove all of his clothes, to which Travis complied. He then forced Travis to insert the flashlight he had just beaten him with in his own rectum. Beaten, profusely bleeding, and completely humiliated, Travis complied. I mean, what choice did he have at this point? Betelyun recalled that he heard Travis Howland beg and plead for his life throughout this brutal attack. But Quintana and Betelyun ignored those pleas and continued to torture Travis, now helpless after being beaten by not one, but two cowards. Quintana picked up the flashlight with a towel and began beating Travis again. As he was beating Travis, he told Betelyun to go and get an extension cord from another room, to which Betelyun complied. Quintana tied Travis's hands behind his back. At this point, Travis was beaten so severely and bleeding so profusely, he couldn't even resist. This piece of shit disguised as a human being then grabbed a machete and struck Travis in the back as he lay there bound and completely defenseless, his hands tied behind his back. Quintana then instructed Betelyun to put wrapping paper on the floor of the closet since Travis was bleeding so profusely. Being the spineless coward he is, Betelyun followed the order and carefully lined the closet with the wrapping paper. He then helped Quintana move Travis from the bathroom into the hall closet. Travis Howland begged for his life once again, but these two sadistic shit stains closed the closet door and left their cousin and friend someone Quintana referred to as a brother, to die alone in a closet. But why? Why had Quintana attacked Travis in the first place? According to court records, it was all because of that incident back in late January, when Quintana had given Travis his bank card so he could bail him out from yet another stint in jail. But Travis had failed to do so, and Quintana was angry with him. That, and maybe a little deep-seated resentment due to the relationship between Quintana's biological mother and Travis, as one of the witnesses had reported to police. But what about Betelyun? Why participate in such a brutal act? What did he have against Travis? Well, nothing that I can find in all of the court documents. Seems he was just a cowardly little minion who acted solely at the direction of Alistair Quintana. 
five months after the arrest of Alistair Quintana and three months after speaking with investigators. On October 22, 2018, Andrew Bedelyoun was arrested in Nevada and charged with murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and kidnapping. He was extradited back to New Mexico. On November 16, 2018, a grand jury indicted Alistair Quintana on a single charge of first-degree murder. On January 30, 2019, Andrew Bedelyoun pled guilty in a New Mexico courtroom to conspiracy to commit kidnapping. In his plea, he admitted to hitting Travis, providing weapons and binding material to Quintana, helping transport Travis from one room to another, and admitted that they relied on each other to assault, subdue, bind, confine, and transport Travis to secure the mutual goal of conspiracy. Interestingly enough, according to the Rio Grande Sun, Andrew Bedelyun has several family ties to local law enforcement. He is the nephew of the nation's juvenile officer, Latita Julian, who is married to the nation criminal investigator, Arian Julian. Bedelyun still faced life in prison despite the plea agreement and prosecutors made no binding agreements, only agreeing in a reduction of two levels under the sentencing guidelines, meaning it was possible he could see a lighter sentence based on those guidelines. But in New Mexico, the judge isn't bound entirely by the guidelines, as in some other states, and the prosecution and defense can argue for a harsher or more lenient punishment, according to nmhomicide.com. And the judicial system wasn't exactly finished with Alistair Quintana just yet. On May 1st, 2019, in addition to that first-degree murder charge, a superseding indictment was handed down by the grand jury with two new charges, kidnapping resulting in death and conspiracy to commit kidnapping, all this according to court records. Quintana would follow in Bedelyun's footsteps and strike a plea deal on January 22nd, 2020. He pled guilty to second-degree murder. Again, according to Quintana's plea deal, there was no agreement as to the sentence, other than eligibility for a two-level reduction under the sentencing guidelines. The only agreement was that the prosecutor would not bring any further charges against Quintana. Sentence hearings have been scheduled multiple times for both Quintana and Bedelyun, but for one reason or another, they have been pushed back, and Quintana's case, upwards of nine times. On April 2, 2020, prosecutors filed a motion for upward departure in Quintana's case, which basically asked the judge to sentence the convicted to a higher sentence than what the sentencing guidelines suggest. The prosecution believes Alistair Quintana deserves to spend the rest of his life behind bars due to the unusually heinous, cruel, brutal, and degrading nature of the attack and murder of Travis Howland. The motion reads, Defendant's conduct greatly exceeded that which would have been necessary to accomplish the murder of Doe and was not contemplated by the second-degree murder guidelines. It's important to note that Travis is referred to as Doe in this motion and how I'll refer to him as I read this verbatim from the document. It further states, Defendant tortured Doe with several instruments and three separate phases. He beat him with a flashlight, burned him with a lighter, cut him with a machete, and bound him with a cord. Doe suffered three types of trauma, blunt, sharp, and compressional. Even more outrageous, defendant forced Doe to degrade himself by forcing him to undress and insert the flashlight into his rectum. The torture occurred in three rooms for what would necessarily have been prolonged duration. 
Finally, defendant eventually left Doe in the closet where he may have painfully surrendered to starvation, asphyxiation, or dehydration. Even defendant's treatments of Doe's remains were exceptionally cruel. The deterioration of the body was so severe that he robbed Doe's family of standard grieving practices. The exposure of Doe's deteriorated remains to Doe's sister amplified the cruelty. Quintana's criminal history was also cited in the motion. In the past 10 years, he had been charged with a crime nine times. Five of those, he had victimized women, and at least one of those times involved confinement of the victim in his home. And according to the motion in Quintana's pre-sentence report and the calculation of his offense level, he did not receive points for his criminal history. The current sentencing guideline without the points for his criminal history put him in the sentencing range of 17 to 22 years. All while Bedelyun faces a harsher sentence of 30 years to life based on his current sentencing guidelines. For those reasons, among many others, the prosecution asked the judge to impose a life sentence. Quote, By all accounts, defendant's conduct was far more egregious than his co-defendant, Mr. Bedelyun's conduct. However, based on the application of a cross-reference in Mr. Bedelyun's case, his applicable guidelines range is imprisonment for 360 months to life. This is a glaring disparity between the co-defendants, considering the defendant and Mr. Bedelyun have similar criminal histories. Will the judge go beyond the sentencing guidelines and lock Alistair Quintana up and throw away the key? Will Andrew Bedelyun also spend the rest of his life in prison? That remains to be seen. To date of this recording, neither Quintana or Bedelyun have been sentenced for the brutal murder of Travis Howland. Quintana's sentencing is on the docket for September 2, 2021. I searched the court dockets to try and find a date for Bedelyun, but was unable to locate one. I'll be sure to bring you an update when both are sentenced. Travis Howland was a 28-year-old father, son, brother, and friend. He was loved by so many despite having a rather difficult early life. His sisters spoke to Amanda Martinez of the Rio Grande Sun. His sister Heaven remembered her brother as a goofy person who liked to crack jokes despite a difficult upbringing. She went on to say that she, Travis, and all of their siblings were in and out of the foster care system growing up, eventually all landing at the home of their adopted mother. And things were rough. Alcohol and drugs were present in the home, and according to Heaven, she and her siblings were groomed to be wild. They were allowed to drink on the weekends and smoke weed. As Travis grew up, he continued to drink and use drugs, but just prior to his murder, he had plans to get help and enter treatment. His sisters believe drugs and alcohol played a major role in what happened on the night of February 2, 2018. His sister Heaven revealed to the Rio Grande Sun that sometime during the attack, Travis's hair was cut, and that Travis loved his long, dark hair. She also confirmed that both Quintana and Bedelyun are cousins of the Howland family, and growing up, they referred to each other as brothers and sisters. Heaven stated, That's why it's so hard, you know, and people think that I hate him, and I'm like, I hate what he did, speaking about Quintana. What he did, it is so confusing to me because of the way I show love to all my brothers and sisters. It is so confusing to me because I still love him. I should hate him. I should just want him to die the same way, but I worry about him. 
Heaven went on to say that a lot of what happened is because the nation fails to provide services for people and the community. She discussed her own struggle two years prior when she sought treatment for an addiction to alcohol. Travis's sister Lauren added that while she was able to access resources to help with her own sobriety, Quintana, Betelyun, and her brother did not have the same chance, stating, They didn't have those resources given to them in the same period of time, and if they had been, this could have all been prevented, too, if they had those resources also, she said. His other sister, Harley, is an EMT. She reported to the Rio Grande Sun that about 95% of the calls she goes on on a daily basis are related to drug and alcohol use. The three sisters just want their brother to be remembered for who he was, a character, one of a kind, always making them laugh. His sister Harley has since given birth to a daughter who she named after Travis. While she was looking through Travis's things after he had passed away, Harley found a piece of artwork Travis had made with the word sage, spelled with two A's, written in Travis's signature bold graffiti letters. There it was. She named her daughter Sage Justice, spelled just as Travis had spelled it, with two A's. Picking up the pieces hasn't always been easy for the family, but Travis's sisters, Heaven, Harley, and Lauren, all make contributions to their community to make the Hickoria Apache Nation strong in honor of their late brother. What a beautiful tribute to a brother whose life was taken far too soon. Travis Howland may have struggled, but according to his family, at the time of his murder, he was actively seeking help and wanted to get his life back on track. He was on his way to writing his redemption story when he was brutally attacked by two people who he knew, loved, and trusted. His story was nowhere near over and was abruptly cut short due to their actions and their actions alone. Heaven feared by speaking out and sharing Travis's story, she may be judged by some members within her community, but she believes it's worth it so people can learn about her brother and what her family has gone through, again speaking to the Rio Grande son. She stated, I am going to get a lot of dirty looks and stuff, but I don't care. Something has to change in that community. We need out. I believe it can change, and I believe wholeheartedly that it can be amazing. If you or someone you know is struggling with an alcohol or drug addiction, there is help available. Things can and do get better. In the U.S., you can reach out to National Helpline by phone at 1-800-662-HELP or 4357. You can also reach out online at samhsa.gov. They'll direct you to resources in your local area. Someone is available to help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. It's completely confidential. Once again, the number is 1-800-662-HELP or 4357. If you're struggling, please don't hesitate to reach out. There are so many people, myself included, that would love to help you get things back on track. Recovery is possible. Once again, big shout out to Wheeler Copperthwaite at New Mexico Homicide. You can check out Wheeler's work at nmhomicide.com. I'll link it again in the show notes and on my Facebook at least of these and my Instagram at least underscore of these. As always, you can find more information on Travis's case or any other case on my Facebook or Instagram. I'll also link resources for those struggling with addiction. 
I'll be bringing you an all new case next Thursday, so make sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you see something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.